This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got a wild one for you this week. Do you like titty bibs? Do you like big long nails? Do you like beautifully laid baby hairs? Do you like talking shit about Mary Cherry? Oh, God. Well, we have an amazing guest. We have from season four of Dragula, the one and only, the Coco Cocaine. Which kind of sounds like Cocaine. Cocaine. Wait, what are you saying? That. I was trying to make it. Cocaine! So listen up. We have a great chat. We talk about being on reality TV. We talk about uh, promoters uh, messing up with things on the road. We talk about fucking while you're on the road or not fucking. Yeah, and being an introvert. And where to buy a good titty bib. Oh, yes. I purchased one in the middle of the podcast. Well, please enjoy. Bye. Forever Dog When first choice is a big old bus You turn around and boom You end up with us Sloppy seconds Oh, diva Our number is 213-536-9180 Our email is sloppysecondspot at gmail.com Now on with the show Hi, you stop you stupid little fucks, you little fucks, you dirty little fucks. Welcome to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meepaw. I am Meepaw and that's Big Dipper. Hello. And welcome to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meepaw. Very excited to be here because you remember, if you recall, if maybe back in your memory bank, you might reflect upon a time in which we were doing recap episodes. Oh, yeah. That feels like forever ago. It sure does. But we were doing... Spooky, Spooky seconds, seconds, in which we recapped episodes of Dragula season. Uh, Boulet Brothers Dragula season, season four. four. And who did we sing praises of many, 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 many times? Miss Coco K. And today we have on the pod <laughs> Miss Coco K. Get those big old titties out. So you are currently in Chicago. I am. I've been in Chicago for a cool minute now. Emphasis on cool because it's cold as hell out here. Right. right. Very cold in Chicago. And what have you been up to in Chicago? Just stirring shit up, <laughs> doing a little shopping, causing some trouble. You already know. Chicago but, got that good street for all the jewelry. Oh, yeah. Have Clark. you been over there? On Clark Street. Where it's like, oh, yeah. shit that costs $25 in LA is like five bucks for a huge, chunky necklace. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they took all my money. <laughs> So now, Coco, uh, people who watch you on Dragula know that you are um, well-versed in a a rather ample titty bib. Uh, What would you say is like the most um, ideal piece of jewelry to cover up a seam? Uh, 
on a, on a titty bib. Oh. My favorite thing about my titty bib is I don't give a damn if you see a scene or Whoop. don't. <laughs> so and there's I don't that. that. And that's the trick that it I takes. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I never understood. It's so hard. So many girls that end up using titty bibs have to have custom costumes made to like. They run up this, the side. With a random strap just mm-hmm. to hide the edges or like the biggest necklace where you're like, I can still kind of tell. Yeah. But you don't care. You don't give a fuck. Yeah, no. See, my favorite thing about my drag is that, like, I take pride in knowing that I'll never be 100% put together or polished because (laughs) I don't want to be. I feel like the world doesn't deserve that much of a fantasy Mm -hmm. because to indulge that much in this African-American fantasy without taking on or taking consideration or even caring about African-American problems is a problem for me. You don't get to enjoy this fantasy and then step out of it and ignore our issues when you're done with it. So Absolutely. I'm gonna ruin the illusion just like it's ruined for me. <laughs> Word. Drag their asses. That's quite the deep uh, and profound mission statement. That's amazing. Well, I love Chicago. I know you're there right there. I just want to get like a little Chicago wrap up. What are the which dolls have you seen? Oh yeah, what Who are shows the girls? have you been doing? What clubs have you been at? Listen. So uh, I went out like twice for, um, I went out for the alt show at Berlin because I'd never been. There was an alt show at Berlin and I went to check it out. And then I went out to Berlin again for a booking. (laughs) And when I tell you, (laughs) I didn't know what a Berlin bomb was. Well, I'll tell you, (laughs) it changed my life too. But let me tell you something. I asked, I was like, the Berlin bomb here always tastes different. And they're like, yeah, it's usually kind of whatever blueberry alcohol they're just trying to get rid of. Is it like when they lift up the the mat at the bar (laughs) and and they pour the the leftover alcohol? No, it's like usually half Red Bull of like whatever flavor and then half whatever else. Like it doesn't matter. Alcohol? Yeah. Here's how they got me. Okay. If you asked me that question at the end of the night, I would have said, hell yeah, and I drank it anyway. But what got what messed me up was like, so I thought the Berlin bomb was just like a specific shot. Mm-hmm. No. So when a person came up to me, they're like, have you had a Berlin bomb? I'm like, no, what's that? And they're like, well, you have to have this one. So I took a red one. Well, then another person came up. They're like, have you had a Berlin bomb? And I'm like, yeah, I had a red one. I was like, well, you haven't had a blue. The I'm blue like, one. It's the blue one, bitch. <laughs> fuck do you mean a blue one How, and then it, next thing it was a green one i'm like y'all can't keep doing this it's, we can't keep doing this how many colors are there I need to taste Damn it! and i'm already drinking vodka red bull cranberry sprites and shit and now you want to throw in these oh i'm gonna die God. they do know how to drink in chicago they do know how to drink and i saw you put on twitter coco you were like these people have me out past two in the morning do you not normally go out that late Fuck no. <laughs> Most of the places I frequent don't stay open that late. So when oh, I tell you the ugly true. light came on at five in the morning, 
not the ugly lights. Because here's the thing. Chicago, in Chicago, there are a certain number of bars that have a 4 a.m. license. Mm -hmm. So not all of them do. Some of them are like a two, but some of them do go until four. Yeah. And, you know, they'll stop serving at four, but Berlin is a club where if people are twirling and dancing, they'll keep playing music. They're like, yeah, our alcohol license is over, but we can... You can s- just stay open. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, go, go. Oh. I'm always out of there before four. Well, you're smart. Smart because we I don't want to see when the lights come on. When the lights come on, you said it right, Coco. The ugly lights. Now, I've performed in Berlin many times. That was a club I got a lot of my start at. And wish they wouldn't know. You know, you wish you wish, wish they would have said no from the stop. beginning. You know what I mean. <laughs> but what's funny about Berlin is we talk about Berlin a lot. Obviously, all of these really fun, amazing events happen there. So many people are like you know, uh, doing really cool drag performance there. And it does feel like a nightclub. It is a nightclub. They DJ until late in the morning. But when the lights come on and you look around, it's not that big. It's, it's like very a small. It's like a small room. I don't know. Don't get me started on small when I had to try to get my big 7 foot 15 ass down them damn stairs, Lord. Oh, yeah. I, I hit had... my head so many times on the staircase. I literally had to take my shoes off almost every time I had to be adjacent to like take the picture on a stairway because my big ass head and big ass shoes made sure me and the ceiling were friends. Yeah. <laughs> what are what is your experience like being out on the road? You were on season four of Dragula. Now you've been traveling. You have a name attached to you uh, or, or your name has gotten bigger and you have this whole like franchise that you're attached with like what are people saying when they come up and talk to you what what's the kind of general feedback yeah okay so i'll preface this by saying i'm for the people i never started drag and started performing and all that stuff for anything other than just the ability to express and create and just be me comfortably yeah so i don't expect anything more than to just inspire people who may stumble upon me and find something they like or mm-hmm. find the um find the courage to get to know themselves and present themselves in their most comfortable shape or form. However, that's not always the case when it comes to traveling and performing. Oh. I, I do often get um people who do come to the shows, come to the meet and greets and things and express to me their gratitude and appreciation for my simple existence, which is lovely. <laughs> but I can honestly say that there have been a lot, a lot of experiences that make it easy to push like that to the back burner because the way some of these show producers, the way some of these unprofessional people just be playing in people's faces, it forces a lot of issues in the business and in the industry to the forefront that kind of just pissed me off like like what sincerely yeah like what like give us an example if you if you don't mind i just feel like coming up in this industry learning the ropes and things like i started drag maybe like i want to say at least five to six years ago and i started like a bible belt kind of area where a lot of the queens were old school and had expectations and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, me being the new bitch on the block, I'm not going to come out like, you know, 
telling the old heads what I'm going to do, for lack of better terms. I'm not ageist. I, <laughs> I am. I love the term old head. As an old head, I'm like, yeah, I like that shit. Listen, I'm pushing 30, so it's, it'll be me soon. <laughs> but they had their expectations, as they should. You know, there were dues that needed to be paid. That was paid and stuff. But what I can't help but notice is, at some point in time, I thought that a lot of the things that I had seen along the way would change with time. Mm-hmm. And eventually when time didn't change that, I thought maybe it's just location. But after traveling, I've noticed that it's not a time or location thing. This is a consistent issue throughout the entertainer industry. And that is simply people, number one, not understanding the importance of fucking contracts. Mm. Number two, it's knowing how much people can and can't get away with. For example, I'm tired of this narrative that people of color are just expected to shut up and deal with stuff that they don't like or they don't see for bookings or to stay booked or to be work or work with the bull or whatever the vocabulary is that my friends say. But <laughs> to simply be, you know, able to work with, you have to just bite your tongue, grit and bear and all this other shit. And I'm like, no. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know about y'all, but I'm fucking not. Well, I feel like there's there's a million times that something like that has happened to me. And I standing up for yourself also makes you look like for me personally, standing up for myself made me look like the bad guy. Right. Because everyone else was willing to go along with it. But I was like, I know my worth, but I'm not gonna do this. It's a it's a really interesting it's a, position, especially in the entertainment industry, with so many transactional um, relationships with people where all you, uh, you know, like there, there are some people who I've worked with at clubs year in and year out every time I go to that city. And there are other people that I've only ever worked with them one time. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of nature of the the business and the fact that these aren't your co-workers that you see every day, there's no standard in practice. You're not on salary. There's no, you know, like people get really messy really fast and think they can talk to and treat people however they want because you're just here today and then you'll be gone tomorrow. And it's a really, like, there's a bad, I think there's definitely, because there is no standard, it's really easy for for people to act foolish. And every city has its own expectations of, like, what a queen is supposed to do. So I feel like, like, what are your favorite cities to travel to right now? My favorite so far have been... Um, it's definitely been Providence, Rhode Island. I always have a blast there and I never stay for less than a week. Um, wait, Providence, Rhode Island. What, where do you perform where, there? That's where young. The stable. the stable. She's wearing the sweater right now. Oh, work. This is my pink one. I have a black one. Oh, but, why is it gotta be black? Royal. Now, <laughs> cause I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Providence is cute. They had like a really fun pride. What speaks out, what stands out most to me is like what a venue stands for. Yes. And you can tell when an owner is genuinely about it for the people because they're always thinking of what they can do next, how they can keep their audience engaged, how to keep it fresh for their entertainers, how to just keep it fun and new and beneficial for everyone involved. And I can't say I see that everywhere I go. So when I see that in places, that stands out to me. That makes me more prone to be involved. That makes me more prone to come back. Yeah. But you yeah. started in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or is that just where you're from? Where'd you start track? I uh, started performing in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I started practicing 
the art of makeup, performance makeup and performance art in North Carolina. Oh. <laughs> I like North Carolina. I love North Carolina. Um okay, I, I don't. <laughs> and you know what? You can tell us about it right after this break. We'll be right back. And we'll. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion. There's plenty of vegetable and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is oh, like, yeah. you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.
we're back. Damn. <laughs> so we were we were talking about um, uh, U.S. geography. U.S. cities. We're talking about places, peoples, and things. <laughs> people and nouns, <laughs> and then critters. Um, wait, but I want to bring up a point. Uh, we'll we'll get back to your drag beginnings uh, or you, your your makeup artistry beginnings. Um, but you mentioned you are for the people, and one thing I want to say is on Dragula on that reunion episode because we you, you know were the people we watched. Dragula. We watched it. I watched every episode twice. And then we talked about it on our <laughs> podcast and we had a lot of discourse and you came up very very often as being a breath of fresh air in the cast, a really not only like talented and amazing queen but also just you got a great edit on the show. Yeah. They really cut back to you always giving like the just like the laser slice of insight and I felt like on the reunion episode you were the people People's conscience, like you, you, were. you said, what everyone was thinking, like that whole Mary Cherry, like hullabaloo or whatever you want to call it, and eventually they cut to you and you were like, basically, you didn't like her, she, she didn't, didn't like, like you. you. you Let's move on. It. Let's move on. People don't have to be best friends. And we were like, thank, thank you, Coco. <laughs> Listen, anyone who knows me knows that I'm naturally an introvert. Okay. Okay. So, but I'm I'm comprehensive of extrovert things. Like I'm capable of being social. I love being social, but I got a limit. I have a limit, and normally it's capped out at dumb shit. So when I get like when I hear too much dumb shit on a like regular basis, I'm just like, listen, bitch, we gotta we gotta figure something out, or you're gonna have to get out of my my aura, my zone, my everything. Right, absolutely, and. It usually takes a lot for me to get to like that point because I firmly believe in like there's a way to say everything. There's a polite way to say everything. Even go to hell. I've discovered that recently. What I don't is, argue no more. What is that way? Go I to just, hell. How do you say go to hell politely? I just say go to hell. <laughs> oh, that, is, that is more polite than fuck you. It's surely the same. Yeah. I like that. I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? Maybe yeah, I was like, go to hell. you go to hell. Bury that. I'm like, we can argue about it in hell, but not on this good earth. <laughs> not on this good earth. I got things to do. I will not argue for free. Did, now, did so you feel like, like that? Did you feel like you learned a lot about who you were as an artist throughout Dragula and like who you were as a person? Because it felt like there was a lot of drama this season, and it's and you stayed pretty much out of it. Honestly. Will you repeat the question for me one more time? Do you feel like you grew as an artist and a person because of your interactions on that show? Or do you feel like you went in with like a strong sense of self? Both. I will oh. say that for this season, I focus, I personally focus primarily on my mental health and things of that nature. Things that you normally wouldn't, things that you won't clock on the surface level because I knew what I lacked in personally. I know I can put a look together and usually I don't miss. So Whoop. I knew that for me, mentally, it was going to be my biggest obstacle. She I'm a social media truth. girl. So not having a phone for X amount of time is a hard <gasps> thing to me. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't know. I didn't know they took your phone. They take your phone? I never have a phone, damn near. So I'm just like, baby. That is literally the first I've heard of them taking phones. Normally everyone gets to keep their phones. I got 
How crazy? <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but what? I'm a music person. Sure. Yes. I function off of music. I every single day, every single day I listen to music. So like. If I can't listen to my music, I got attitude. Music is how I mellow out. Music is how I ground myself and center. All these things were things that were... Basically, if I didn't figure out how to get by without these things, it was going to be an issue. So I'm very set in my ways. I'm an old school type of bitch. Right. I like to paint with music. I like, to, I like things the way I like things. And when things aren't the way I like them, you can kind of expect a little bit of that. Well, I, I think that, I mean, that's such a really important point. I think obviously because of the rise of these types of competition shows, everyone is talking about, oh, I would do this on, on, on this TV show. I would do this. Mm-hmm. I would have competed in this way. But because those cameras don't follow you back to your living quarters, back to the restrictions, back to, you know, where you're you're not allowed to speak to someone on other shows. Like you can't speak to anyone unless you're on the set or whatever it is. People don't see that whole other side that is like so rigorous. Like yeah. if you're really plucked from your entire life. You have to, I, you know, in my mind, you have to be fully ready for all of that. So I think it's really important that you were like, you knew you weren't going to miss on a look. So you said it's all about keeping myself ready in my mental health. That's amazing. Right. It's like, the other part of it is also like, it's taken into consideration where a person was in their career prior to going off to do something like this. For example, yeah. I had never flown before in my life prior to Dragon What? Yeah, I wasn't going to fucking tell anybody that, though. We're not about to turn this into a big thing. I said, let me get my bitch ass on this plane and get to where I need to go. We're not going to make a moment out of this. How was it? But What did it feel your like? Your first flight. Fucking Final Destination is what it oh, felt like. No! It's, it's, it's the whole like time thinking you were going to go down. Just crash. Listen, I have trust issues. So <laughs> knowing that I'm getting on this basically Sky Uber, putting my face <laughs> in some stranger that has training from another stranger... That's about to pick us up real high off the ground. I got, I got to trust. 30,000 feet. they're not going to pull no bullshit. See? Uh-uh-uh. No, put me down. Put me down. But now what? Now you're flying You fly everywhere. all the time. You're jet setting. It don't get... It, I, <laughs> it still... Listen. You said, fuck Dan you Savage. Know. It doesn't get better. It doesn't. When I tell you I've had airport disasters, I have learned so much. Okay. As a matter of fact, yeah, I've learned a lot about me since Dragula. I fucking hate airport people. Oh, I, I hate them. So goddamn fast. I hate the employees. Like, I hate the regulars. We become the worst version of our human selves in an airport. Yeah. Not me. I become the best. <laughs> Have you seen my airport fit? This is my airport jacket right here. It's like, okay, said, let me describe. Up. Okay, so it's a pink motorcycle jacket that is studded completely top to bottom. With pins and, and spikes. So that's you said, a, that's I a let don't, people know I'm faggy. You said don't come near me with that you jacket. I am here to take up space every fucking place I go. I'm not here to blend in. I'm not here to make people comfortable. I'm not here to live in the motherfucking shadows. If I want to go to the airport in my vinyl corset and six-inch pumps at 7 a.m., I'm going to do that. And you're going to stand in TSA line behind me and wait till I unzip this motherfucking hustler boot and put it in this damn TSA bucket, just like everybody else in this bitch. 
Do you, you, you remember back in 2009 when Gaga never dressed down and there were all of those photos oh, yeah. of her in the huge shoes at the airport? Mm-hmm. These lit. are my huge airport shoes that I just made. Go, go. Oh I am those here to be a problem. She said, I am here. What, they, are, what are the I letters mean, how, on the bottom? How, I mean, how often do they get confiscated or looked at they don't get oh they don't i wish the fuck they would but when it goes through the x-ray and they see all that metal on there aren't they a little like is this a weapon yeah probably is a weapon it's a fashion weapon it's a weapon of fashion honey she'll Mm -hmm. slay you with these boots darling. have you ever taken your um breastplate in a carry-on and they pull it out jiggle it around for everyone to see (gasps) they love doing that i've had so many breastplate stories. So my first time flying, I flew in full drag because oh, I'm pretty sure my bags were too heavy. And Wait, when you deep. were flying to LA to film Dragula, you flew you in full drag. You are a nut job. I'm cheap, bitch. The way I was not going to pay that $75 overweight yes! bag fee, he kissed my ass. I was like, I'll put this shit on sooner than I fucking Oh my by. God. Okay, so <laughs> paint us a picture. What did you wear? <sighs> I was giving daytime soccer mom realness who don't take care of her kids. I had on <laughs> some cute leggings with the ripped up jeans, very much inspired by like the alt girls from my high school. Uh-huh. If they were to grow up and kind of get their shit together, but not really. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. had on like the ripped jeans with the little cute little running shoe. I had on um, a skin tight, like stretch, uh, like I think it was like a singlet, like a leotard or something, long sleeves <laughs> covered with the steam. But my breastplate is a size H. So yes. the thangs is thanging at all times. They're extra large and in charge the no matter what they do. Is thanging uh, thangin out all times. Where did you get yeah. that breastplate? So I put on a sports bra. <laughs> oh, I order my breastplates from this one source at always. I get my breastplates from www.ronier.com. That's R-O-A-N-Y-E-R.com. They have a U.S. warehouse and they often do sales. So if you're a bitch on a budget like me, just keep an eye out for the previews or even the shit that goes on sale, honey, because... What was that? R $700 for the city. A-N-Y-E-R. <laughs> Get you a piece. I'm telling you. Men cross-dressing. Wrong. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and it's all-inclusive. They have chest plates for kings. They have... Oh, amazing. They even have... Pregnancy bellies. They got all kinds of stuff on there. Yeah, they Ooh, let's get pregnancy bellies. Oh, my God. Well... Only I need. I thought about getting one to keep my chicken nuggets in. (laughs) Not the chicken nuggets. All right, listen, we're gonna take a, we're gonna throw it to another break, but we will be right back. What color are you getting these? Yeah, we'll be right back. Oh my god, they got natural, tan, Caucasian, dark. Don't do dark. Do not do dark. Dark is nobody's friends. Dark had me ready to write a letter. Okay. And we're yeah. back. And I just purchased a pair of titties in a size H. Yes. Get the silicone, bitch. Silicone. These now the shipping is where they get you. The what? That shipping is where they get oh, you. Oh, the shipping. Oh, I can get nipple rings in it too. <gasps> now, Coco, uh-huh. I want to ask about um, one of my favorite episodes on Dragula was when. The extermination challenge was the like freaky clown go kart 
challenge and we got <laughs> truly i think what is burned in my memory and no shade to the the top four because they showed look after look after look but the image of season four that's burned in my memory is you um dancing with the flags at the go-kart race and then just hitting a casual dip with that size h the slowest <laughs> breastplate on and the flags and the f- giant mouth yes and nose. it was so iconic that look was incredible <laughs> Did they did they tell you guys like were you waiting like when you got exterminated did, were they like oh we have a thing you have to come back and wait for? No, I knew nothing honestly. Um, it was like uh, you know we have like one more thing for you and I'm like okay. And while we're on the subject of the clown look, fun fact, my clown look was inspired by the old minstrel show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really upset because my clown look, I wasn't originally going to do my signature high pony. Originally, what I wanted to do, have you, okay, before I say this, have you seen Lovecraft Country? Yes. You remember the episode with Topsy and Boxy and them, correct? Oh, Yes. yes. That hair is what I wanted my um oh, my clown hair to be. Gotcha. I'm uh, talking like I was ready to take it there, but unfortunately, my hair skills weren't adequate enough. Gotcha. So. Your hair. We'll be revisiting that. Good. You make all I'll of your wigs, don't you? Yes, I've only ever had one unit grace my head that wasn't one that I created, and as as of recently, and that was wigged by Atlas out in Boston. But every other wig that I've worn, I have created, if not the night before show, the day of. Uh, uh, Meatball's talking yeah. about wigs for May. Yeah, I have to, I have to plan ahead. <laughs> I wish I could. But I'll be making, I make I costumes the day before. But you a do. wig, I need someone else to do it. If I knew how to do a wig, Dude. I would do that. But I don't know. Last time I tried to do a costume the day me. before a show, I broke the machine and had to buy a new one. That always happens. It's very much uh, uh, the day of the machine has it out for you, right? Yeah, and I chucked that bitch out the window. I'm <laughs> trying me. But the uh, funny thing is, like I would say, I love music. So, like, there's mm. always some type of song playing in my head. Mm-hmm. I was just chilling on the set while I don't even know. You Nine times out of ten, I don't know what's going on around me. That's why half the time I don't have an answer for anything. I'm always clueless, barely know where I am. I'm just here. So I'm standing there and I'm just hearing all these, you know, songs that I haven't heard in a long time playing in my head. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. So I'm just, I'm just vibing. I'm dancing. I ain't taking nobody paying any attention to me. And then next thing you know, I'm like, Ooh. So that was just you killing time. Oh, no one came over you. and said, why don't you dance? You just started vibing. That's crazy. Yes, that's how I am. Just, that's just how I am naturally. Like. Wait, I, you can't and, take me and they used it in the promo. They used they it, used that it everywhere. It was like the, one of the most. We were, everyone was expecting that clown thing to happen early. They're like, ever see a cunt clown referee? You know, like with big titties. Like that's really what was it like filming that day? Did you feel like you wanted to kick anyone off one of those little scooties and say it's my chance? I should well, be in the top four. Also, I'm sure when they drove by you, they weren't that fast. Some of them looked like they were like, yeah, mm, it wasn't a baby. real race. Let me tell you how the answer is no. Because I knew that being on one of them go cards <laughs> meant having shit slung at you. And the way I was like, oh, baby. 
could never oh, be. Hey. She said, I, I don't do oh, felt, not felt yeah. like that. Uh, was Mary uh, Cherry th- there that day? No, she did the dunk tank in the alley, remember? I know, wearing that thing. Why did she wear that thing? Why did, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, Coco. Coco, why, why did, did she Mary wear that, wear that thing? That thing? I, listen, if I had an answer for half the dumb shit Mary decided to do, the season would make a lot more sense. But due to the fact that she was dumb enough to even pay for that foolishness, <laughs> listen, go, go. I'm all about... I'm all about creativity. I'm uh-huh. all about self-expression. But I just have a special opinion for the press pay girls. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can buy drag. You can buy tapes. Somebody else's. But you got to know when you're paying for someone who has no tape. Mm. Oh. Everybody no. that creates is it, you know. So I'm like, girl, ha- you need better friends. If you didn't have a friend to pull you to the side and say, hey, mama, this look ain't it, especially with them bust down snacks. With them bust out sketchers. You need better friends. They were water water <laughs> shoes. Water socks. Water I'm socks. trying to give her more credit than credit is deserved, okay? But maybe the look would have been better in not daylight. I don't know. Maybe it was I a, mean, let's try to uh, here, good. let's talk it through. Let's see how we could make that look better. Now, if I recall, she was in a nude bodysuit under it. Maybe she could have gotten one of those like skeleton morph suits or like Something like one of those muscles that shows all your muscles. Oh, to look like to look like maybe there is skin skin and then the texture on top. Okay, or if the prompt Coco Coco said, "I'm not gonna do this." If the prompt was like sea anemone, yes, like or you know sand spur. I don't know. Okay, it's giving very much like. Something I wouldn't want to step on, but something I could imagine being on the ground somewhere inconvenient. Right. 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 <laughs> right. right. All right. So. <laughs> well, a question that we ask all of our guests on this show. I can't. We, we, have, such a funny re- we have such a funny relationship with Mary Cherry. I, I just saw Mary. I literally. I bet it's funny. I did get off the phone with her earlier. <laughs> you were on the phone with her? Okay. Let's move on. Um, did you ask her about her blocking me? Oh, she blocked you? Meredith, Charity. Oh, when that's did she block old you? news. Me and Mary don't have more falling outs than you could even see on the fucking show. But I fe- yeah, I did see the ones on the show, but I figured, like, most of the time, when the season is over... No one cares. No one cares, and that was filmed over. a year ago. So, like, even if that fight was real, even when it came out, like, during my season, which doesn't really count as a season period, but, like... Of we- what show? It was Dracula, and you were on it. I think I believe season one. <laughs> Who hosted it? Ooh, Bert and Ernie. Um, now I, I remember we were all friends at the end, and even when it was airing and fights would happen, we were all close. Is there? So you're not close with Mary at all? No. Who are you closest Who are you close with? with? I know Saint because you had a podcast. I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't really like get like close, close to people like that. I'm very much like a, we're going to have to get some longevity under our belt. Cause I feel like there's only a matter of time before somebody does something to like they meet. It's only a matter of time before you give me a reason to keep my distance. And usually I'm right. So it takes a while to get close to me. Mm-hmm. We could be acquaintances. We can be, you can catch the vibe. It's a moment, but we're not going to be like, you know, like that very, very soon. 
However, with that being said, it's not like I'm a stale ass person or like I'm hard <laughs> to get to know in that intermediate phase. Right. But there are some people that I just naturally know I'm not for. And those are usually the people that can't even give me the time of day. Miss Mary being one of those. Now, from the get go, we had issues from the very jump. I won't go into detail about those issues, but there's just little things that stand out to me mm-hmm. that I keep in the back of my mind when I'm getting an idea of a person's character, especially within the mm-hmm. first 24 to 48 hours of meeting. That's when it's most pivotal, your behavior. So these things, I'm like, okay, I'm not judging your entire existence based off of this, but the fact that you are comfortable enough to expose this part of your personality to me within this time period of just meeting you speaks volumes about your priorities, your character, and things of that nature. Mm. As we progressed, and thereafter, I told myself, you know, I'm not trying to attend every event with this person and have this tension and this animosity hanging over me in the room. Because when I beef with somebody or I don't fuck with somebody, it all has to be said to be known. You can know just by how I walk in the room and feature everybody but her, Mm. who I do and don't fuck with. So I was like, you know, I'm not trying to be that person. I don't want to look at a flyer or know I have to be somewhere and think to myself, God damn, I got to try my best not to slap this bitch today. (laughs) So I made the initiative to be like, hey, sis, I know we had our moments. I know, you know, things got a little heated. But at the end of the day, you know, so on and so forth, we had our conversations. We had our talks. We had multiple talks. But for some reason... We kept finding ourselves in this gray area. And I kept noticing it was when we just didn't talk for a little while. I feel like Mary's the kind of person, if you like reassure her that you're good, you're on good terms, you're cool, that things will be fine. I'm not that kind of bitch. I don't have time to sit here and sugarcoat you. If you're not going to hold your hand, I'm not going to constantly remind you that we're friends. If you can't maintain yourself in our relationship off to your side and understand that I'm working, I'm busy, I'm booked. I have things to do. I can't. I'm not going to overwater, oversaturate this relationship. So for me, the final straw was when I was in, I was road tripping from Pensacola, Florida, all the way to Tampa, Orlando, somewhere, traveling mishap, one of many that I'm used to, but just imagine my stress levels. I'm about to be in a car for six and a half hours. Mm -hmm. The internet is going buck wild because we're at the top four now Mm -hmm. and everyone's on their bullshit. And then I get this four-page long message from Mary. Mind you, I'm going to paint the picture of my day. I woke up at 6 a.m. to be ready for my bus. Greyhound bus. Bitch. Let me say that again. Greyhound bus. Not a greyhound. The greyhound bus. I would have said that gig. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's automatically a red flag because, again, traveling mishaps. At this point, we just had to do what we had to do. Let me tell you how the Greyhound was not the original. That was not the original plan. Okay, okay. That's what we had to do. So we get to the Greyhound bus stop. And this is when I tell you this Greyhound looked like it had never seen a bus, let alone a person, the color gray or hound. (laughs) We ended up having a road trip. So I'm already got an attitude. And then this road trip through Pensacola, I'm telling you, I've seen cars on fire on the side of the road. Trees are on fire. People are screaming and shit. I'm like, baby, this is literal Armageddon. This is the apocalypse. And I open my phone to see a four-page message from Mary on this day. And I couldn't even get into the details because my thing is like, baby, I graduated honors AP English 4 in high school. I'm not entertaining this shit without 
a grade. So I read like the first paragraph and it started with, hi, Coco. I know we're not friends, but I was just wondering if you were going to continue to uphold the misogyny and blah, 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 blah. I said, Mary, listen, I'm going through a lot right now. So if you wouldn't mind giving me three to seven business days to form a proper rebuttal, (laughs) I can get back to you then. Until then, have a blessed day. And then she says, oh, no rebuttal needed. And then blocked me. Well, it seems like it didn't need a rebuttal. <laughs> it didn't need to be said in the first place. If you needed somebody to spill your shit to and go about your life, get a therapist, huh? Because I'm not that girl. And then to turn and get on Twitter and turn around and say, um, skin folk ain't always kin folk. Mm. That's Bitch, you goddamn right. It be your own people, don't it? That's hard hmm. to hear. It's so, I mean, I think it's so challenging. There's a lot of conversation around um like we were talking about you know it's not just what happens in the competition and on you know like on stage in front of the cameras and by doing drag or 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 in in your drag expression it's also about who you're paired with what the living situation what the interpersonal is and the fact that that you know reality tv thrives on those conflicts and those mm-hmm. alliances and those back and forth that's what people want to watch that's why the real world was so popular when it began but that there is no mediator or mental health professional or person or even producer whose job it is is like when the show's over to be like we made great tv yes. let's squash all this beef so you don't have to deal with this especially on these drag shows where your life changes afterwards you know people don't go and like go see a booking for like MTV's The Challenge or The Gauntlet. They're not like, I want to go see, you know, whoever at a nightclub. Like, there's a whole other system that happens after these competition shows. So, anyhow, and that sucks. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think it messes with a lot of people's psyche because they go from being what they consider a, like, non-famous person to all of a sudden being, like, easily recognizable in in the gay scene. Yeah. And it's like, how, what are they supposed to do with that? They end up drink, like most of them end up alcoholics or becoming sober and stuff like that because there's like a lot of unprocessed. Not becoming sober, you're like n- people become non-fun. Yeah, people become sober. <laughs> God. <clears throat> and it's just like a lot happens, and it's just like I feel like it would. It's a disservice from the people that you were like, whether it be the Boulets or Ru- the management team at RuPaul or any game show. Like there should be. Something at the end where it's like, we'll pay for six months of therapy for yeah, you. Yeah, or let's support you through this so yeah. that, or at least have a conversation afterward that says like, okay, you all made great TV. Please don't let these things really fuck up your life. Yeah. And I'm not saying people need to be friends or have to be close or have to be whatever, but, but it be shouldn't be a sore spot end. you know, yeah. moving forward. Because it's like whatever happens during the, in my opinion, whatever happens during the show happened during the show. And it's like, let's leave that back there and like see where we can go forward. Yeah. Unless See, it's and that that's where I differ. Oh yes. I'm the kind of person there's no on and off for me. Mm-hmm. So there's no difference between who you see on camera and off camera. Mm, there's no be difference true. between who you see in drag and out of drag as well. I believe in authenticity. I have a strong sense of self. I know who I am as a person. I know what I can and can't handle. I know how I respond and how I react to things. I know how I heal. I know how I cope. I know my limits. I know my boundaries. 
So I don't allow my boundaries and limits to be pushed by anyone under any circumstance for any reason if I don't feel comfortable with that. So I feel like there's a certain level of self-accountability that has to be attained before involving yourself in things like this or else you're going to need a therapist. You're going to need all these things to help you adjust and get back to what version of yourself you were prior. But I honestly feel like getting back to who you were prior shouldn't be the goal in general. I feel like going through this process is an opportunity to reinvigorate, renew yourself, reinvent yourself and come out whatever you want it to be. It's an opportunity to be the person you want it to be. Every day is an opportunity to be the person you want it to be. It's up to you to take it. If you choose to be the person that says dumb shit on TV or makes an ass out of yourself for ratings or whatever you choose to do with your legacy, that at the end of the day is on you. People can only do with what content you give them. If I don't want to be made to seem like an asshole, I'm not going to do things that make me look like an asshole. Simply put. Right. Well, Meatball, you should take that advice because you really do look like an asshole. And I love it. (laughs) I love being an asshole too. But that's something you do consciously. Right. And if you don't know when you're being an asshole, again, self-reflect, growth, get to know your character, get to know who you are. I I came with a goal and agenda from the get-go. I don't feel like a lot of people understood that or could get that because based off of the comments I've received since the show has aired, I, it says a lot to me about um, the community, I'll say, because my number one concern was getting on television and painting people of color in a more positive light. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to understand that Black people more particularly were capable of articulating how they felt about things without coming off as angry or overly aggressive Mm -hmm. or emotional or just all these nasty negative things that the media has easily paid us out to be over the years if not decades centuries even and imagine how chapped my ass was to be at the fucking reunion arguing with black jesus aka black moses yeah moses it was moses Moses. we remember it was moses yeah i mean that yes yeah it's a lot it's 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 great to hear perspective on that yeah that was really nice to hear um we're gonna take a break and then we'll be right back with a little bit more from coco cane yes all right we are back With Coco Kane. Coco, do you have a singing voice? Uh-uh. I get paid to lip sync. Okay. Okay. Work. <laughs> um, we do a segment on this show called Food Break. Food Break. Um, and we've been doing it again because we're now we're back in the studio. We're doing more stuff in person. But because we have you on Zoom, unfortunately, you can't participate. But I wanted to bring this up briefly. Um, first of all, because it's on brand with Dragula, this, what I have in my hand is uh, a drink called a... Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> you really thought mm. this one through. I did. Why don't you talking to the mic there? Monster <laughs> Energy Drink. And now I am a person who runs myself completely ragged. So I'm that girl who goes and gets the five-hour energy and chugs it before the thing or like, you know, like I'm I'm a mess. Uh, Meatball, I, have you ever had one of these? Yeah, I used to drink them. I don't really like... Um, energy drinks because they hurt my stomach in what way i think the only well i think because normally when i'm drinking them i'm on an empty stomach so even if i drink a red bull on an empty stomach it like hurts my stomach 
What about you, Coco? Do you ever consume these chemical drinks? Oh, of course. I put a lot of things in my body that shouldn't be there. Uh, like what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, isn't, okay, here's my thing. What is taurine? I was about to say, isn't there something in Carnitine? Monster Energy drink that comes from animals? Now I brought animal. I'm gonna. I'm on the Google animal ingredients. That looks like pee. <laughs> Meatball. Real bad pee. Look at okay, look at, tori- look at It screen. looks like yeah. It looks it's like here, it's on my side, and then it's on like my your bladder about to give out. This okay. You know what this color reminds me of, and it's a very specific thing. It reminds me of when I first did my first UK tour and we were so dehydrated because we were just drinking Coco energy drinks, coffee, and wa- and like no water and eating snack chips for every meal. And our pee was like <laughs> this color brown. I was about to say it's giving kidney failure. It's giving <laughs> kidney. <laughs> to me, this is such a zing. When I drink one of these, I'm like... Oh wait, why does this one kind of taste a little cotton candy? I the green one is the one that I like. Now, have That's you the ever? Only s- one. It is the it only is one. The only but one. they do have too many. That and the pink one. The I've never had the really pink one. Too. Wait, now what? give me a little bit more. <laughs> oh, you like the this pink one? Is well, I'm gonna eat after this. The pink one? Okay, I'll have to try the pink one on your on on your. Um... Now, do you like it for the flavor, or just because you can carry a pink can? Both. <laughs> it's very like fruit punchy. Ooh, okay. So like, yeah. You know. So it's got a cute can. Can super cute. Um, we also get voicemails on the show, so we wanted to play a voicemail. So let's okay. hear this voicemail. It might be some fearless feedback for me and Meatball. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Go ahead, Margo. Hello, Big Dipper and Meatball. Calling you from Brooklyn on a dreary day very cold and remembering a dreary experience I had with Meatball in Bushwick. It was day one of Bushwick, evening time. I spotted Meatball in the crowd, in the audience, and I approached her and in a friendly way, I asked, Meatball, are you performing in Bushwick? Meatball looked like she just saw a goat. And looking the other way, she muttered and uttered, gargling something like, bye, Francis. And scurried away, leaving me Wait, what did she say? very perplexed. Apparently. Oh. Um, I don't know if Mebo is afraid of taller brown people in the ah! dark, but that's what happened. And just wanted to share. Goodbye. Okay, I can explain what, what he said I on the voicemail. What they said on the voicemail was Meatball muttered, No, my friends are here, and never turned and looked and addressed the person. What I What do you have to say for yourself, Meatball? If you listen to anything I've said about my experience at Bushwig, you will know, especially by the time that the sun was going down. I was on a lot of drugs both days. I was on Molly, Coke, I think mushrooms and alcohol at one point. So if you you're starting said, to sound like you're on all that <laughs> shit right now, too. Something's something's <laughs> taking over. So, well, it's this sweet, sweet monster. monster. Um, 
<laughs> do you see? Would you see what okay, I did with Coco? So what happened was I was probably really fucked up, but I'm sorry. And I was just like trying to find safety. Um, I'm not afraid of brown people in the dark. In fact, I like them in the dark. Like Damn. <laughs> Next call. <laughs> we don't have another call. call. What uh, What has your craziest experience been with a uh, with you being out of drag and like see and someone recognizing you? Yeah. Anyone trying? Uh, anyone I trying to block and a half? Oh. What? On foot. Yeah. They followed you. For a block and a half on foot. Were they like Coco, Coco, or were they just like menacingly following you? You know how like I don't, maybe it's, I don't know if it's like a human thing, or like a person of color thing, but like naturally, I can just feel when I'm being watched and followed. Yes, yeah. Every and time I go to the as an, as an introvert, I'm not very confrontational with that. So I'll do the thing where like you look at your phone and kind of just like avoid, avoid, avoid. But I pulled out all the stops. I did the thing where you speed up, slow down, take a right, take a left, just come. I completely stopped at one point. Just stopped moving. And I noticed this person, just for some reason, every time I would look up from my phone was still there. Even after all of these attempts to like, you know, skr skr away from them. But eventually I feel like they picked up on the fact that that's what I was doing. And then they just gathered the gall or the courage to be like, I'm sorry, I don't want this to seem weird, but are you so-and-so, so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah. Like, oh my god, I just want to tell you I loved you on so and so, so and so, blah blah blah. And I'm like, Ooh, bitch, you got you can't be doing that. <laughs> I thought it's I was not, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's really I don't like that. I was like, I listen, I've been kidnapped before. You can't be <laughs> following a bitch like that. Who kidnapped you? Multiple which time? Multiple people. <laughs> Coco. Coco, are you okay? <laughs> Where blink well, twice if you've been kidnapped currently. Yeah, where are you right now? Where are you, you safe? <laughs> She's I'm good right now. <laughs> this is back in the day. I've lived, trust me, I've lived a life. I've lived wow. a life. <laughs> well, what about a positive interaction that wasn't scary like that? Are you pulling any trade with those big old size H titties? And that good old blood on them? <laughs> yeah, she no. loves a bloody chest. It's yeah, honestly are- kind of funny because... For me to present as such a sexual character, oh, it never no. It's just like no. She's giving no. nullo. It's giving none. I might as well put like a lock on it. Wait, so you're telling me that you're traveling, you're staying in these cities that you're going and visiting for like more than a week, and you're not getting any dick. I'm not talking about in drag. I'm talking about you out of out of the breastplate. Well. I got a lot of trust issues. So, like, no. The way I look at it is, I've been committed. Listen, I was on a whore phase, a good old whore tour for about two decades of my life. Good for you. At this yeah, point, that's what we like to hear. I'm like, I'm not finna be community dick no more, first of all. Second of all, I'm not letting just anybody fuck on me because I gotta love you if I'm bottoming for you. <laughs> You're the telling way me I'm a- you wouldn't let Dolly in that sweet hole? Oh, my God. I like I said, I gotta love you to bottom for you. I love Dolly. And if if the L word is present, then you know, come get these walls. But otherwise <laughs> Come get these walls, no. Ray. <laughs> oh. But 
No, because I think a lot of people are just fucking confused about me. I openly admit that I cosplay a bottom. I like to confuse people. Yeah, I like to I play with people's vibe. judgment. Because I know people judge by the people judge by how you look, people judge by how you act, and I feel like by doing so, you rob yourself of a lot of genuine connections and genuine mm-hmm. experiences and genuine dick. So, well, <laughs> I hope you have fun with the rest of your time in Chicago. I'm telling you, where are you staying? Well, come um, on, people are following her and kidnapping oh, sorry, her. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't gotta go. You gotta go, oh, yeah. gotta go get some good fried chicken from Miss T's. It was delicious. And enjoy the rest Ooh. of your time there. Where can everyone find you on the internet? Yeah. Um, anywhere I'm not fucking shadow banned, honestly. <laughs> we got good old Twitter at the Coco Cane. We got TikTok, who's finally let me post content without fucking taking it down every mm-hmm. fucking video. Mm-hmm. At also the Coco Cane, we have Instagram at the same handle, and that's basically it. I don't like people messaging me everywhere else, though. They get on my nerves. Okay, okay, <laughs> then we'll stop. Listen, now that we got you on the show, we'll stop messaging. We'll stop you, messaging. Okay? I know we've been <laughs> in your DMs <laughs> constantly trying to get at you. So, yeah. thanks so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on. Instagram at Sloppy Pod. You can send us an email to sloppy seconds pod at gmail.com or call in with your fuck talk story to 213-536-9180. Our Instagrams are Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball, Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter, and Meatball the Drag Queen on TikTok, Big Dipper Jelly everywhere. And follow Mom Podcast so you don't miss everything. Don't forget to subscribe <laughs> so you don't ever miss an episode which comes out every Tuesday and Fridays. We did it, Coco! Doodle doot doot forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>